I guess like over the last few weeks, I've just been talking about how um, we really want to be, I guess, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives um, to make sure that God is our first, you know, seek first the kingdom. Um, and then as a sideline, as uh, was alluded to by Mitchell before, I also do whatever I do. So it's about how prominent is God in my life? How much is he actually the number one? Is he part of my life or is he my life with everything else part of who he is for me? And really talking about last week, the Holy Spirit a little bit and and just, you know, what does faith need? What does faith need to actually operate? Uh, Out of that, um, a little bit later on, I want to just start talking about joy because one of the things that I mentioned was that the kingdom of God is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And it's like so many people are going, well, how do I get joy? How do I actually live in this joy that's promised to me? Because we don't want to live as upset Christians, do we? Like where our life is just still pretty much the same, where everything is unchanged. The temporal things that faith looks at and says, you know, that's temporary, that's going to change. I'm looking towards the eternal, which is God's word. How do I get that to happen in my life? What are the things that I need to put in place? And I was just starting to sort of think about some of those things this week. And though I'm not going to be talking about it just yet, certainly the next time I preach, that's the plan, to start talk about, well, what about how do I get joy? Because there's certain things you have to put in place in your life, just like everything. You can pray and pray and pray for something, but until you do the corresponding actions that will lead to that result, you will remain exactly where you are. We've talked about it many times. I might pray for my marriage. Oh, Lord, make my marriage still awesome, and I still act like a big fat jerk. And... My marriage never gets awesome. Why? Because I never allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me and change who I am and change the way I treat my wife, how I treat my friends, whatever it might be in my life. What is it that God's actually asked me to put in place? Anyway, this week, I just want to um, actually encourage you guys to think that God actually is interested in using you for his kingdom. We talked about Philip. Um, That's one of the things we talked about. Now, the Holy Spirit talked to him. First of all, it was an angel. um, Told him, go down the road to the south, and he obeyed. And and it was actually at a certain time. Go, do it. It was very specific. Then the Holy Spirit said to him, why don't you go up to that carriage? You can see the guy in that carriage. Go up and walk beside it. He walked beside it, and then it was like he heard him reading the word of God, and he was like, I need to talk to that guy. Prompted by the Holy Spirit, but acting out of faith. As I said, sometimes things aren't just laid out before us. It's not like we know everything that's going to happen. The Holy Spirit didn't tell him, um, go to the carriage and he will be reading the Bible and then I want you to explain it to him and then he's going to get saved and then you're going to come across some water and he's going to be baptised. The Holy Spirit used him and nudged him in a certain direction but obedience was required for that to actually come to, to the full um, completion of what God really wanted to do which was to take the gospel back to Ethiopia because that guy was like the the boss of Ethiopia under the queen basically and he took the gospel back there and so we we see the church is born which is pretty awesome right from one act that Stephen did sorry Philip did (laughs) that Stephen's evil is stuck in my mind 
Anyway, <laughs> just imagine if you would a battlefield and um, many of you might have seen motion pictures uh, or even reality things where you see there's this big overview of the whole battleground. They have planes that fly up high and they'll look around and they'll watch troop movements, this person's coming here, whatever it is. Um, they can even see through into buildings. They can pick up heat signatures and all sorts of things. Imagine, if you will, that you're in a battle in a place like that and you are just gathered around the campfire or whatever you do as troops at, at night time and all of a sudden this satellite or plane flying over notices some movement towards you. There's, say, enemy troops coming towards you and that goes relayed back to the command station. The command station gets on the, the radio and they're calling out, Alpha Troop, Alpha Troop, we want you to, to move out. There's enemy coming against you. Or you need to go around back behind them and attack them. And all you're getting back is this crackling. No response. <laughs> Good one, Bob. And then it becomes more urgent. They're looking, they're seeing this whole big picture and that, that message is going out, but nothing's happening. We know just how dangerous that would be. We know that there's a, there's a big picture happening, but the communication has to be really, really awesome so that people can do what they need to do, that they can go where they need to go. The, the troops can move in and out, battle. They can see danger coming. They can see opportunity that's ahead of them. And that's a little bit like it is with the Holy Spirit with us. You see, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is given to every single believer. Each person has that spirit dwelling within him or her. And yet at the same time, the Holy Spirit is present in the world, looking around, looking for opportunity for you to speak this awesome word of God into people's lives. The good news, there's people there waiting for you to start to be obedient to what the Spirit of God is saying. There's dangers that are there. But there's also opportunities where God might just have this word for you and the Holy Spirit has been activated. Neil, can you go down to the shop? I just want you to go to the shop. Just wait there. See what happens. Because someone was walking by that needed a word of encouragement. Someone was walking by that needed to hear the good news. Whatever it might be, there was maybe just a good deed to be done and, and the Holy Spirit is moving you to do it, to plant a seed, to, to maybe harvest a crop, whatever it might be. Or it might be a warning. Have you ever had one of those where it's just like that warning, I, I need to not do that, I need to not go to that party, I need to not... And the Holy Spirit's there talking to you. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that he can lead us into truth and into righteousness, but he also warns us and shows us things to come. And he's given to us so freely by God so that we, we, we're not walking around in darkness, but we have inside of us the light of God living. Can you imagine it? Imagine how important the Holy Spirit is in, in speaking of him like this in our lives. I'm a born-again believer. My wife's a born-again believer. We both decide that our life needs to be open up to God because we know that when we listen to God, there's just such an amazing release of joy and hope and, and change in our life that leads to righteousness. We decide one day we're just going to fight <laughs> for some reason, whatever it might be. We have a fight, blow up, argument, whatever it is. Holy Spirit's looking on. 
Holy Spirit knows what's happening. Holy Spirit that's in my wife is the same as Holy Spirit in me. Holy Spirit in me gives me the same message that Holy Spirit gives her, except for my own personal things that I need to change. When we listen to his voice, we cannot go wrong because what will happen is I'm saying, God, show me what I need to do. Where have I missed it? My heart is open. God, what have I done wrong? And so Holy Spirit says, Neil, you shouldn't have said this. You shouldn't have done that. And I get this conviction in my heart because I'm opening up to him and I get this nudge. Neil, ever had that? Someone sitting next to you, it's like nudge and it's just like, what? (laughs) Holy Spirit nudging you. I need a change. I need to say sorry. I need to go back and make things right. And guess what Holy Spirit's doing over there with my wife? Exactly the same thing. Wife, you need to go and apologise to your husband. You need to make this up. You need to do the right thing and bring that marriage together. Can you see how beautiful that picture could be with the Holy Spirit operating in your life? What about on a bigger scale, this church? What if we all decide, you know, Holy Spirit, we just want you to fill this place. We want you to fill our hearts. We want you to guide us and lead us to the the direction we need to go as a church. If we are open, we cannot disagree. If we are open to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's leading, because guess what? Same Holy Spirit that lives in me lives in you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. There's no difference. But we can get so lost in darkness. But we've got a story to tell and we've got a Holy Spirit to release that to the world that's around us. And did you know that there's a lot of people just waiting for you? You see, God's not just about us being happy and having our comfort. If you remember a while ago, we talked about moving from slavery to significance in our life. The difference between someone who's just caught in this this place of, of entrapment in their life. I looked at the chart the other day and I was just like, actually, that was pretty good, Neil. <laughs> good work, buddy. But the whole point of the Christian life is to move us from this slavery thing where it's just all about I need to get through the next day but I'm always being beaten by something in my life. Moving from that to survival where it's like, yep, I can survive now. I've got everything I need to success where it's like the promises are coming to me through God. I've known his goodness. I've known his his greatness in my life. And all of a sudden I start to prosper in this Christian walk, but then there's this other point called significance. And that's when your life no longer belongs to you anymore. It's completely surrendered to Christ and it's completely focused on his kingdom. And it's just such a change. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to start to move you rather than going, God help me. It's how can I help? From the point of salvation where it's like, yeah, God, you can get me through every single day. I thank you for that. To, you know, God help me. God help me. 
suddenly there's a change in our life where it's like, God, how can I help you? How can I help you? Having your life opened up, and, and honestly, when we start to look at joy, and I was thinking about it, that is one of the biggest things. Taking your focus off you. God, help me to how can I help you? So I'm just going to look up a verse in Galatians 5, verse 25. We'll start at verse 24. Galatians 5, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have now the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I don't know about you, but to actually say that and to believe it, God, I'm going to follow the Spirit in every part of my life. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. But I want to be. Why? Because God has given us this opportunity to live this amazing life on earth, serving Him and living for Him, becoming significant in the lives of others, going out and doing good works. There's so many times when I've felt that nudge, and hopefully you've felt it too. If you have, I hope you haven't ignored it. I hope you haven't just given away this opportunity that God gives you. I remember once... Uh, there was a guy, a young fella, and I needed to go and see him. For some reason, I don't know what it was, he decided church wasn't for him and, you know, he was going to do this, that and the other. And the Holy Spirit was just like, you need to go and see him. I went around and, and spoke with him. And sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it's against everything we want to do. Sometimes it's just pushing us way beyond our comfort zone. But when it's the Holy Spirit that's talking to us, we are guaranteed that what we are doing is the right thing. I went and saw him anyway. We talked, we prayed. He was like, do you know how his attitude was? I don't want to ever talk to Neil. I didn't really know him that well, but he knew who I was. I went around and it was like God broke through and that guy ended up back in church serving God, going to the mission field. Nudge of the Holy Spirit. What if that day I'd said to God, I'm too busy? What if I'd said that day, send someone else? Maybe God would have. But we have a young man who is disillusioned with some stuff and we talked about some things who then connected back into God. In fact, I was actually probably a little harsh. I said to him, you can't do that. You can't leave God. It's not allowed. You have to serve him. He's given you that call. You need to get back into church. It wasn't gentle, I guess, but that was what was needed at the time. Another time, and I've talked about this before here, I think, I was at the um, car park at Kulalinga and uh, pulled into a car park. Next minute, this guy's giving me the finger, yelling at me. I'd stolen his car park. Of course, I did on purpose, but... No, I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, wow, that was awesome. Anyway, he's yelling at me. I just ignored him, walked past him, you know, as you do. Walked inside and then I felt this little nudge, Holy Spirit. Neil, you need to go and say sorry to that guy. 
Like, what? I didn't even mean to do it, so why should I say sorry? No, I didn't say that. But that's how we are, isn't it? It's not my fault. They should say sorry. It's their fault. He's the one who swore at me. I didn't swear at him. I just parked my car. Anyway, I saw him, and I don't know if you've ever been in these places where you want him to follow God, but you're just feeling, like, weird. You're following the guy around the aisles. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> okay. And then you get the courage, and then you pull back, and you're like, ah. Oh. Anyway, I went up to him. I said, mate, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to steal your car park. Can you forgive me? Oh, he goes like this, mate. Says, no, I'm sorry. He says, I've had such a bad day. Everything's gone wrong. And this just topped it off. You're going into that car park. No great big God event happened. The angels weren't singing in the aisle at each end because of salvation. <laughs> but, a man, but a man who had a horrid day didn't end in a horrid way. I'd come and just said sorry, and suddenly his whole face, his demeanor, he relaxed his body. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why. There's, there's no, like, you know how we're always looking for the big event? You know, it's like for anything to be supernatural, it has to be spectacular. But I can tell you right now, if it's a nudge from the Holy Spirit and you go and do it, there's some reason for it. There's some reason for it. Who knows what it might be? Maybe he hopped in his car and the Christian radio came on for some reason, listened to something, and, he, and it was about forgiveness. He's like, wow, that guy just forgave me, and he said sorry as well. And it's like, maybe this word is true. Who knows? All I know is this, that the littlest things that we do when we're nudged by the Holy Spirit always will have effect because Holy Spirit knows what's going on in every person's life. Holy Spirit searches the earth, looking looking for people who are obedient and ready to act for him, for God to just speak into someone's life, speak a word of encouragement, speak something nice. Have you ever had that situation? I love it when someone says to me, you know, I was just feeling so down and you came in and I just felt so good. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Because without God, I'm nothing. But with him... I've got this insight into people's lives that I don't even know that i got. I've got places I can go, people to see, things to do, because overall there's the Holy Spirit and he's looking around. And what is he looking for? He's looking for obedient sons, obedient daughters that he can talk to, that he can send that communication through. Karen, there's a kid in, in year five today and he needs your love today. Can you quickly drop what you're doing, get down to year five and give that kid a hug. Karen's sitting in her office, having a cup of coffee. <laughs> no, nah, not really. <laughs> All of a sudden she's like, wow, I'm tuning off. I feel this is weird. I need, to, I need to head down that way. She gets there. And all of a sudden she meets this kid that just needs a hug that day. For what reason? Who knows? But you know what? God's into love regardless. Do you know what I mean? We're not just called to love because we want to get something. We're just called to love because we're called to love. Jesus died for every single person. And he knew very well the day that he went to that cross that not every single person would get up and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. You go to that cross and you've saved me. 
He knew very well that not every single person would cry out to him and say, thank you, I accept that salvation. But he still died for every single person. The love was displayed not because of the reaction of the person, but because of the heart of the one who gave. And hopefully that's our heart as well. Hopefully that we've, we've moved from this slavery thing to significance where we're like, God, how can I help? Can I listen? Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Holy Spirit, talk to me. And when you do, I'm going to obey. Now we think we're insignificant. We think we're not smart enough. We think we're not intellectual enough. We think all sorts of things, but God is not looking for brains to do the job for him. He has the Holy Spirit. And he's looking for vessels that are ready to carry his word out to the world, to carry the good news. Everybody is bad at something. (laughs) Just let me tell you that, just to encourage you. You're bad at something. Everyone's bad at something. We always look at people and think they're amazing. Oh, that doctor. But you go home and his lawn's five foot high and... You know, there's washing on the couch and his house is untidy. Or, you know, this teacher's just amazing and you go home and, you know, I don't know, (laughs) something. (laughs) Teachers are just amazing in every area. There you go. But you know what I mean. You look at the person who's the best, they might be bad at something else. And so we sometimes put these limits on ourselves thinking, you know, well, I'm just not good enough. I haven't got everything together. God can't use me. (laughs) Oh, what a lie. Thank you, Satan. Thank you, Satan, for getting into our ears and giving us this information. Don't open your ears to it. Don't open your ears to it. Do you know in the Bible there are people preaching Jesus who didn't even believe in him? Well, they're preaching it out of a bad reason. So when Paul was in jail, he says, there's all these people out preaching because they want to stick the boot into me. He said, but I don't care. As long as the gospel's being preached and people are being reached, I don't care. It's not about me. How can I help? So I'd just like to encourage you today to just think about that. What is it going to take for you to to be able to do it? Open your ears. Make a decision today that you're going to listen to the Spirit. And I love it how it says in Galatians. Again, we'll read it. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every single part. Guess what? The Holy Spirit will always agree with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will challenge you on wrong behavior. Listen to Him in that area. The Holy Spirit will warn you of danger. Listen to Him in that area. The Holy Spirit will show you opportunity. Listen to Him in that area. The Holy Spirit will guide every part of your life if you let Him. Don't close your ears. Don't think you're not good enough. And one other thing as we talked about a little while ago, step out. Be bold. Be ready for failure. 
Good thing about failure, it's a backdoor to success. And so often we don't push out into what we think God might want us to do because we're so afraid of what we'll look like, who will laugh at us, who will tease us, whatever it might be. Our own self-abasement where we think we're not good enough. 